You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome everybody to this week's episode and uh, definitely a full deck of guests here this week. Uh, We are joined all the way from Durham, New Hampshire by the renowned Dave Hamilton. Hello, Dave. Hey, Simon, thanks for having me on the show. This is exciting. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. Um, And we are also joined by Brian Munro, who is a New member of our Slack and uh, a long-time Mac Geek Gab listener. Hello, Brian. Hello. Glad to be here. Glad to be able to enjoy uh, joining, joining your show today. Excellent. Um, and then we have all the usual suspects. We have uh, Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello there. And we have Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hello. So someone actually does listen to the show then. That's amazing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least... We have Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello. It's good to be back on again. I couldn't make it last week due to work commitments. But I always like it when we have a guest on that within a few minutes, I'm already spending money on apps like Notability. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I am told I'm an expensive person to know or at least to listen to. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sorry and you're welcome. But yet your content is priceless. That was almost smooth. That that was almost. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. That, that. I'm definitely stealing that. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, we've got several things. We were talking before the show. Most of that's probably going to go in the after show, and we probably might talk about some more of it. Um, yeah, but do the big stay news... tuned for the after show. It's a good yes. one. It yes, is it is. Um, the the big news of the week is, of course, the Christmas surprise was drum roll. AirPods Max, not studio Max, at a teeth sucking, eye watering, um, sharp intake of breath, five hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, that's not much though for a set of good speakers. I well, think what they've done with the uh, with the AirPods Max is that they've taken all the bass that they could have put in the HomePod Mini and slammed it into the AirPods Pro. <laughs> I'm not salty about the uh, the HomePod Mini, but over the last couple of weeks, I've I've sort of I got suspicious when the reviews said they played a bit of sound and all the reviews went wow, and then they talked immediately about home uh, about Siri integration and HomeKit and stuff like. That. And I was thinking this seems a bit odd. And then when I got mine, I did ex- I went wow, this is it fills the room. But I think with the HomePod Mini again, I've hijacked the show again. Awesome. <laughs> I think the home to me, the HomePod Mini is the epitome of safe. And I think it's summed up by with how loud the HomePod Mini can go is a very safe level, just like the sound is very all safe. But anyway. Yeah, well, I I've I um I am a Sonos person in the house. Now I haven't always liked Sonos the sound signature, but but I do now the last five years they've got the right people in the right positions and all of that. And I for me when I tested the original HomePod, it well, the originally it had way too much bass. They've since rolled that off. Uh, but I I did not like the way it sounded, and I also did not like the way the HomePod Mini sounded. Uh, and I've returned both of them. But um, but I I don't think. I don't think it's that the HomePod Mini sounds bad. Uh, oh no, it, 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 it it's it's just not what I would prefer. 
for music. And I'm guessing that I would feel the same way about AirPods Max. That 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 would be my guess. Apple has, you know, JBL has a sound signature. Apple has a sound signature. Sonos has a sound signature. Everybody has this EQ sort of home that they aim for with their products. And just personally, I don't care for Apple's. The weird part to me about, you said AirPods Max versus AirPods Studio. The weird part to me about that is, like, it is sitting in a price point that is, it is almost alone at this 550 price point, right? Because if you're targeting consumers, which is what I think Apple is doing with these, uh, the the top end of high-end consumer-focused headphones is 399 It's usually 349 to 399 And that's right where you're going to find your Sennheisers and your uh, B&Ws and, and those sorts of things, right? For the consumer, like th- these companies also make audiophile grade. And the audiophile grade stuff starts at like 750 and goes up to uh, basically however much you yeah, want to spend. You're usually looking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're usually looking for an audiophile grade headphone. You're looking at about 1200 to 1700 Like it's in that $1,500, right? Um, so, so this spot where Apple has priced the AirPods Max is it's alone. It's on an island out there. And it's really weird because it's it has I have not tested them yet. So th- this is all just from looking from the outside, all the information we all have. Uh, it has 40 millimeter drivers. You know, it does have spatial audio and those those sorts of other things. But again, those the highest of the, the 40 millimeter drivers in consumer focus space, usually about 349, sometimes 399. So I, I think this is about 100 bucks too much, even if if you factor in the Apple tax, uh, but I don't, but I haven't heard of it. You know, it's, it's a, but it's a weird thing. I am glad though. They did not call them AirPods studio because that would give them a more professional connotation. I realize beats has beats studio and all of that, right? Like that, that would tell me, Oh, I should be using these when I'm in the studio. And quite frankly, they are not built from a technical standpoint. They are mainly wireless headphones. They can be sort of jury rigged to be used wired, but, but these are meant for listening, not, creating in 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 at least the way they're marketed i think apart, apart from the fact they look like um the air defenders that they wear at airports and it looks like a, a bra with a handle um <laughs> you're, you're listening to you're only listening to mp3 files on it so it's a bit overkill for mp3 files it's a lot of money yeah. as well yeah i, I, I listen to to alac files on this i mean like there's nothing wrong there's nothing stopping you from listening to lossless stuff and and for, to be fair it's not going to be mp3 it's going to be aac if, if you're using apple right. music mm-hmm. and and right. i i am i am not a an audio like i wouldn't consider myself an audiophile some people might describe me that way and and they may or may not be wrong but uh but I, I have a really hard time telling the difference between 256k AAC which is what Apple Music is and lossless there are a few tracks where I have trained myself to be able to tell the difference and it's it's mostly music that has a lot of space in it and you can hear the decay cut off a little bit sooner on the 250 or I can hear it you know I, I've learned where to listen for it I can hear it cut off a little sooner on the AAC than I can on the lossless stuff but otherwise AAC 256 especially for today's music is is almost undiscernible from lossless so you do get pretty decent quality with with 256k AAC I mean I I thought the same as you actually Dave like apart from the how much kind of factor um and i know yeah you know like you say you can buy studio monitor type cans and whatnot and pay thousands but 
I thought the same as you. It's like, that's a very weird price. It's neither up in the professional bracket nor on a par with most other um, consumer stuff. If, if I may sort of interject with the price anyways, I'm kind of thinking, if I'm thinking about the way that Apple looks at pricing, the way they structure their pricing with things like the um, Apple TV, for example, being higher, um, what higher end, more expensive, you know, than the competition, it seems like they like to do that to get that premium sort of side of their stuff to make to get their margins as well. I agree. I really would like to have seen them be a hundred bucks less and it would definitely be easier for people that were thinking about buying them to justify buying them versus the 549 price point. And that doesn't even include, like I say, if you want to buy that special cable, you need, if you want to have for the wired option, which is not really wired. And oh, well, that's um, a shock. You have to buy a cable for an Apple product. That's all. Yeah. Expensive. Well, not just that. Plus also the fact that I agree that I'm not a fan of the, of the design of the quote unquote smart case. Uh, it makes it look like a handbag or a bra. I don't know. It's something weird. It doesn't, doesn't, does not cover the whole entire device to keep it like protected anyway. So it's not really a, it's kind of like they do the same thing with the iPad, you know, where they have a, this smart smart uh, case or, or the different kind of cases they have. A lot of times don't fully cover it and protect the device anyways. And so, you know, it's, yeah, Apple doing Apple stuff. But I'm, and I'd also say that, that I know from the poll I was looking at online for people just who are talking about this, they, a lot, most people pass it on right away, even though nowadays it may have seemed like, Looking at the supply chain issues, well, if you you're not going to get it if you pass right away, you'll have to wait two months. You know, so um, yeah. which is, but apparently Apple, what I'm reading, did only make apparently a hundred thousand or something of these things. They did they did a small short short run basically of these. So you know, we'll see what, how this works. Um, but apparently, people that want them, you know, so they're they're out there basically. So yeah, uh, the, the, I think part of the problem is, I mean, audio is so subjective. Um, and most of the audio yes. I listen to is spoken. I could listen to it on a piece of cardboard and it would probably be okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I am a musician, but the sound quality uh, is probably the last thing I listen to. It could be, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so for me, looking at that price, I'm thinking, well, they're not aiming it at the mainstream, are they? Because that sounds a lot of money. I mean, it, the headphones I'm wearing at the moment are a decent pair of Sony uh, WH-1000s, and, and they're fine. They're noise-canceling headphones, uh, and I really like them, but they cost me 250 quid. Right. Uh, right. And that's probably where I want to be. This, yeah. You know, I look at this in the same way as I did the HomePods and say, for me, and, and because the quality isn't so important to me, that that's that it's out, outside what I want to spend, so I won't be buying them. So no, I, went, oh, go ahead. I wanted to add one little other additional thing the additional $69. There's something we didn't talk about the cups you can basically magnetically, I love magnets with Apple, um, pull off and put on basically, so you can actually customize the look, but you have to pay additional $69 because you don't have the option. You don't have an AirPods uh, studio uh, setup thing where you can actually go on their order page. So you can't just order customizes a different SKU or different build build to order type things. So you have to, if you want different colored cups, you have to go out and pay $69 additional uh, to get that option. So there you go, which not shipping yet, I guess. I think it was a soon <laughs> shipping, I guess. So, so yeah. The pricing thing though is interesting, right? Because with AirPods, when, when the first AirPods came out, they were what, 179 
And that for true wireless headphones at the time, mm-hmm. that was all like almost half the price of what everybody else was charging. Now there weren't many. Earin was sort of the the leader in that market space until Apple came in with original AirPods. But Earin was charging two ninety nine, and that was seen as a very fair price for decent quality audio, uh, true wireless. You know, because that that was not a thing up until a couple of years ago. And so you know when Apple came in. Like every other manufacturer in the market was like, crap, Apple's buying their way into this market. There's no way that they're making any money on the AirPods. And that may or may not have been true. Like, you know, Apple doesn't really tell us much, you know, those types of specifics. But it it was interesting to see them choose a different path to your point, Brian, where mm. they're with AirPods Max. They are choosing to price themselves in this, you know, in this spot and and separate themselves from the pack here. And and I think, you know, Apple in that sense is doing something that they have often done before. Well, but but I know we're all laughing. Yes, they've priced Mm. something higher to make more money. But they're also giving us permission as a a body of consumers. I don't necessarily mean each of us here, but as Mm. a body of consumers, they're saying, look, it's okay for you to take some of your extra money and spend it on audio quality. Like that's a that's a very interesting message to telegraph. Right. And quite frankly, it's fantastic for the rest of the industry. If I was a headphone manufacturer targeting consumers. Right. And I had my three hundred fifty dollar headphones that I was having a hard sell to the people like you that say two fifty is my price. Right now we've got Apple saying, well, you could spend five fifty or, you know, Dave, the headphone manufacturer that's been trying to sell for three fifty all along says, or you could buy me for three fifty. And now suddenly that option seems like, well, that's a fair price. That seems far more reasonable. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I don't think that's their intention with it, but Apple has done this many, many times. Look at what we spend on our cell phones now compared to what we would were willing to spend on them pre iPhone. It's crazy what we spend now, but Apple gave us permission and they've done this over and over again with products over the years. Right. So I think unintentional, I don't think this is what they think about, but they do have this unintentional consequence of defining markets with their pricing. And I would even say, if you look at the original iPad at 499, that was a big deal. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. the top of my head right now, it was a money thing, a pricing thing is that when people saw the price, they were shocked because they thought it was going to be a lot more expensive. And that would be an issue, I'd say, again, where consumers look at Apple pricing on certain things. Certain things are more affordable than Apple does. Other things are definitely way out there, like you know the Mac Pro, for example, including things like the stand. They basically got a lot of attention and whatnot for the, the, for the monitor, for the Mac Pro. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely there. They could also be using that pricing differentiator to define markets as well. I mean, to say like, hey, this is not this. We're not the same as these other guys because we're charging this price. Even though maybe they really are. It's just they're trying to use the pricing to separate themselves from the pack versus Mercedes. Right. Mercedes did that in the car in the auto industry and and has been extremely successful with it. So, yeah. And also, I suppose yeah, yeah. headphones will be like a, a badge of honor. Because remember when the iPhone X came out and we all went, a thousand pounds for a phone? <laughs> and Samsung no, no. said, we'll make phones cheaper. And I immediately went, no, they won't. They'll just charge yeah. more because Apple have well, now said, it's okay 
to charge a thousand pounds. And you right. guarantee someone like Samsung could, if they really wanted to, sell their flagship phones for way, way less than the current Apple. But now Apple have made it okay, as you just said, to charge mm-hmm. those prices. And I suppose now, as in what you said now, I suppose there's been so much competition in the two fifty three, you know, fifty pounds um, headphone market. Suddenly, Apple have just gone. Well, here's a new market we've just started. Let's see what you've all got. Right. So I suppose if you look at it in the in the way we, we looked at the um, iPhone 10 when it came out um, at its thousand pound price point, uh, we've all looked at the the iPod Max's price point, five hundred and forty nine dollars, and have been shocked by that. Um, but if you look at the um, well, they're, they're they're getting good reviews. They've sold out as far as I can see. But if you look at that device and look at the, the AirPods. The gap between those two price-wise is what a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, but there, there are Apple headphones that, that are there to fill the gap between that price and um, the AirPods. You've got all the Beats headphones. So this is the, this is the uh, top of the top of the range mm. in every sense of the word: price, yeah. design, sound. That that, that is but true. Still, I, I think there's still, there's still other ones to fill the gap in the Apple range. Yeah. That, that is true, isn't it? Like, we tend to forget that Beats, you know, is you know has a range of um, higher end consumer earphones, but actually they're Apple. I did find I think mm. I, I thought it was interesting as well that there's no Apple logo on them. That struck me as very strange. Yeah. We get a digital crown, but not an Apple logo. Well, yeah, the, no the, the design yeah. says Apple. The digital crown and the style says Apple. So oh, someone yeah. right. doesn't need the branding. Yeah, well, just... it's like having a debadged car, so it makes it even more exclusive. I can see these headphones that are going to be sort of, they'll be like a status symbol or bragging rights, something like that, I think. But then it's going to be interesting because a lot of the people that cover the Apple tech, they aren't audiophiles. So I'm wondering what we're going to see. I haven't watched any of the reviews yet because it's been a mad week. But I think this is where it's going to be interesting. Like you've got MKVHD, I Justine. Yep. They're going to be reviewing them, but are they necessarily the right person to review them? And then I wonder about the algorithm. Will we see, like, say, for example, on YouTube, which is I spend way too much watching time, will the actual audio files get their hands on them? Or will it just be, you know, um, some of the Apple fanboys uh, to, to use that moniker? Apple doesn't send me everything that they that they come out with. So, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so this NDA, is... isn't he? He's got an NDA there. No, he's got an NDA. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but I but I don't like like they 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 send me some stuff for sure and but not everything. I'm not on the list of just you know we we came up with a product sent it to Dave. That's that's I'm not on that list. Um, You're not Gruber's list, I guess. No, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but so so this may mean nothing. But usually when I ask for a product. I'm I'm either told yeah sure we'll send it to you right now or we're we're short on stock we'll send it to you in a month and and usually that happens I have asked for HomePods over the years I have mm. asked for AirPods over the years I have not made my request for AirPods Max but I will and they have never sent those to me mm. um, it reminds me of the time that Bose was coming out with their first SoundLink speaker now it, it, this is all just projection and it's probably this very you know egotistical projection and i'm completely wrong but i'll share the story because i'm already here 
uh, Bose was coming out with this Soundlink thing. I had reached out to them. They're they're not far from me. They're just down in Massachusetts, maybe about an hour and a half away. And I had an appointment to go to their office, and they were going to show me, you know, how this all worked. And it was great. And the day before the appointment, the PR person called and said, oh, yeah, we've got to cancel the appointment. I'm like, okay, well, you know, these things happen. Like, you want to reschedule? They're like, well, they, they, they found out you um, you've used Sonos products. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a tech reviewer. Like I check all these products out. They're like, yeah, they're, they're not as eager to show you Soundlink anymore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that was that. I did go finally test Soundlink and I found out exactly why uh, Bose did not want anybody that really understood anything to see those because they were non-functional at the time and, and didn't, you know, didn't do what they were supposed to do. But, um, but I, you know, I have to wonder if Apple is not intentionally targeting. I haven't seen any reviews from audio files or people that I would consider sound nerds or even yeah. audio aficionados, right? Like, it, like there are people that appreciate music and have reviewed these and say, yes, they sound great. And that is exactly where Apple seems to be targeting this. Um, they probably they probably don't think about me at all. So it probably has nothing to do with me. But but I, I agree with you. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Uh, I, I also think that some of this, uh, uh, what I was talking about earlier, about subjective um, uh, sound for everybody, um, for, for some people, um, buying $550 headphones um, when they've always had $200 headphones, well, of course they're going to sound better. You've just spent a lot of money on them. That's the <laughs> and thing, I, right. And the, the other thing, you know, if you're not an audio, if you're not someone who listens to lots of different stuff, um, if you spent a lot on it, you're probably, you're probably going to think it's better, regardless of whether it is or whether it isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is if this is not something that you would have spent your money on and have around and be sort of level set to in the first place, you really have no frame of reference to, to you know, I mean, I have a set of ear monitors over there that are $3,500, you know, in-ears. And of course they sound better than $200 headphones. They darn well better. Yeah. I, I mean, like, otherwise, what are we doing here? It's crazy. It's a little bit like playing... Um... Um, it's a little bit like playing a, an upright piano and then going into a studio and playing a, a concert grand. Right. <laughs> they really are quite different things because <laughs> I've done yeah, both yeah, of those. They, they look like the same instrument, but that's about where it ends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for, the greater, for, the, for the greater majority of people, um, high-quality sound uh, is wasted on them because if they're like me, uh, I suffer from tinnitus. So really high quality speakers or headphones are not really not much of an advantage to me. Well, if I may, I think mm -hmm. you're right. From a, a technical standpoint, you're a hundred percent right. You know, if you've if you've got some hearing loss or you just aren't sensitized mm -hmm. to hearing sound, it's not gonna make any difference except audio and video but we'll stick with audio mm. is one place where confirmation bias is actually going to be your friend it's a good thing we've heard a lot about confirmation bias this year especially here in the u.s and and how the negative connotations of it but uh and by confirmation bias i mean if you believe something then then 
you are more apt to align with things that 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 support that belief. With audio, if you go out and spend $550 on a set of headphones and therefore, or perhaps the whole package, they're from Apple, they look good, all of that stuff. Whatever the reason, if you buy these things and think, wow, I, I just bought a really high quality pair of headphones and you put them on and you like the way music sounds because you know that they are a high quality pair of headphones, that is very well due to confirmation bias. And you know what? You enjoy the music better anyway. Like confirmation bias is a real yeah. thing. You get your dopamine hit and it doesn't matter all the factors that got you there. If you're okay with it, go. Like, mm -hmm. that's great. So I think it's okay. And, and maybe there's part of that here too. Do, do we think there's like a little bit of skepticism about these headphones? Because of all the companies out there, it always seems to be that Apple make expensive products. And of course, every company makes a massive margin, but Apple seems mm. to be the one company that, but before the M1 came out, you know, Apple laptops were expensive for what you got in terms of spec. Do we think there's like a little bit of that attached to it because we know Apple has such a big markup on it or are they just playing into the audiophile world, if that makes any sense? Yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think they're playing into the audiophile world. It, it, that would be a whole different marketing scheme. I, I, I think they're exactly what you said. It's just that they're, you know, they, people know that they're going to pay a little bit more for most Apple stuff and that's okay. Apple's okay with it. Could it be? Yeah, of course, Apple's okay with it. Well, let's face it. For a USB cable? You know, yeah. but it's a, it's the it is the same old thing. I mean, people you know compare cars, car brands to Apple all the time. But let's face it, you know, Aston Martin or Ferrari is their car. You know, is does their car get you from A to B any better than a you know a Kia? Well, sort of. But if you can afford to buy one and you think it's a nice car, then you're going to feel good about it, aren't you? I, I always look at it saying money can't buy happiness, but it buys a better standard of misery. It could be like the, the way new cars have been sold and electric cars have been sold. You get the first edition car with all the bells and whistles added in. Um, could this be the top of the, the range and the... In the short while, we'll start seeing all these features well, filtered down to new, more affordable headphones. I was going to say... Beats, maybe Beats is on their way out. Well, maybe. And being replaced by Apple. Maybe. I don't, I don't... Apple's never really sort of filtered down um, technology stuff, there, have they? Or, or could well, they, they have with the, the iPhones this year. Mm -hmm. You look at the yeah. new iPhone range. Well, imagine if, if you if you make these an aspirational product. What about in a year's time, you bring out, you know, AirPods Max SE and price them at <laughs> four fifty and say, all right, well, we've, you know, they're quote unquote, you know, made of slightly cheaper materials or haven't got quite and as many noise, made. you know, haven't got quite as many noise cancelling microphones or whatever. And yeah. they're smaller made for people with little, smaller ears. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't laughing at the, uh, the suggestion. I was laughing at the title because the, the titles are getting longer and longer and longer yeah. with, with yeah. the product names. Yeah. Well, I, you're talking to a guy that wants an iPhone 12 mini pro. So, mm. you know, there you go. Or pro mini, maybe. But, uh, I, I, you know, Apple could also drop this price, right? Like the HomePod came out at 349 yes. US and yeah. then they dropped it to 299 US. 
they they overpriced it and they realized right. that now whether that was intentional out of the gate or not is something that could be you know bandied about quite a bit but it's you know this is at 549 so they could drop it to 499 and that even as i'm saying it out loud there is a massive psychological difference yes, yes. between oh, 499 definitely. and 549 it, and so it goes maybe, below 500 you know it's that's like, what it is yeah if, if right. you charge you know, if you tell somebody a, an iPhone is 999 or a laptop is 999, that sounds an awful lot more appealing than 1099. Yeah, or even 1049. Mm. Yeah. Right. It, well, yeah. you know, the minute you go 1001, there's a psychological right. barrier. There just is, which is why... There's an extra number. <laughs> well, that's why things are making a lot of pounds. I have to reserve more memory for that. You know. <laughs> yeah. But we all see it. Why do you go to the store and everything is priced at you know nine ninety nine and not ten? Because it was, it... I I did used to know the answer for that, but I've completely forgot it. Cool, because it feels better, looks better to the consumer. It's only a penny cheaper, but psychologically, it's you know you've not breached that barrier. Well, here here in the U.S., our fuel prices are uh, also include uh, what. T- tenths of a cent right yeah because yeah our yeah yeah exactly yeah it's is, weird basically is yeah. two two forty nine nine is yeah. what the yeah it's like well, yeah okay. our fuel is the same it's all it's priced in liters but they've always done it and it, it, it'll be 120.9 you know yeah pen, pence per liter and it's like it's always like that. So really, it's one twenty. How do you get point nine pence? Yeah, you shaving yeah. them down. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is this? Fu- what is this fuel thing you're talking about? Uh. Well, back back in the old days, we used to get into our cars and drive and go places. So we needed fuel for them. It's, we used it's, to, used to before the motor law. With, yeah. Used to ride around using dead dinosaurs for fuel. We yeah. still use horses and car up, yeah. it's a weird because the timing of the home pods um or whatever the max spang dangly headphones what do you reckon they should have done it the one the other way around or release these high high end headphones first and then release the home pod mini or have they done the right thing because and also coming back to the other side the scale do we think we're going to see more sub hundred pound apple products ah that's a good question i i I don't think I think they released these when they were able to release them. Clearly, the stock on these was really short in supply, right? And yeah. I, I don't think it was that there were, you know, hundreds of millions of people that wanted to go and buy $550 headphones, and that's why they're 12 to 14 weeks out now. I think it's right. because they, they didn't make very many of them, and they wanted to get, you know, they knew doesn't matter when we release this. We're going to have X amount ready to ship by Christmas. So let's make it that last minute gift, y- you know, the, the December surprise and and roll it out and we're done. And uh, and then, you know, next year, they'll be pretty easy to get. I, maybe the price. Maybe the price. I mean, will come I think a lot of us thought, you know, isn't it a bit close? You know, you're well into the buying season. The holiday season, particularly in the U.S., is well underway. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of the you know the eighth of December is awfully close. Um, well, they still sold out on them. Oh yeah, they sold yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and having said having said that, Simon, I mean half half the shops have been closed, haven't they? Well, they so, have, uh... they have. But what I <laughs> what I did notice though in the release note is it says requires 
11.1 or 14.3. So to some extent, I'm wondering if they were not so much held back, but tied to a release date, which would tie in with the release. Because this morning I got Watch 7.2 official, 11.1 official and 14.3 official. So Ah. all this morning came up on my update, which... Um, you know, it was quite quite a surprise because I knew it was getting close. I mentioned last week I thought it was getting close, but um, does, there weren't that there... many there weren't many betas of um fourteen point three three maybe, mm. which is quite a short number of betas for Apple. They normally do about six, I think. I didn't get fourteen three. Is that is, no, is that it's out? not out yet? It's not out yet. So. So it's beta software basically. He's talking about must be. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. good call. The gold masters out. Yeah, but that's not fair. fair. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, the RC. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. So it's yep. not far off. Yeah, well, yeah. What yeah, it'll be it'll be Tuesday, I would think. Well, mine, right. the ones that I got this morning did not have a beta designation because normally it comes yeah, up in your, it'll say, you know, beta three or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's had no yeah. beta designation. So that but you're on the it. beta program, right? Oh, right. I'm on the beta. Yeah. Different crack. Right. Yeah, so okay. I'm saying for those of us who don't play in the beta, which for me basically here, uh, I, I wait for the updates to come out basically. And yeah, so I'm not seeing the updates yet. Also get emails from a website that tells me about the updates when they come out. So yeah. So yeah. But it, it obviously won't be very long. Oh, I, because mine didn't have a beta on it. I assumed it was the official release. But um, hmm. you know That's they're going to be out like in a few days because otherwise people are going to be getting these he- headphones and they won't work because right. they require 11.1 or 14.3. Exactly. Oh, good point. Yeah. If anyone didn't want to drop by the, the, the high asking price of these headphones, has anyone got any recommendations for... Um, if you want to listen to music and have a bit of an upgrade, has anyone got any suggestions um, to sort of like say, well, here's what I've bought for X amount of pounds. So for me, uh, I've got a set of, hang on, um, Sennheiser HD202s, which are quite flat, but absolutely ideal for podcasting. I think they cost you like £60 or something. Anyone got any headphone suggestions if uh, they don't want to spend £500? I can point yeah. you to some £5 true wireless earbuds on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> complete with a charging case and free delivery wow <laughs> it's crazy and i thought the ones i bought for 11 quid a few years ago were cheap oh, I, yeah. I bought i bought some sure microphones last week so they weren't expect they were only 38 pounds each so they're quite cheap ones but i was amazed with what they came with like they, they they came with the microphone they came with the stand that the micro the little bit of the stand the head as it were of the stand um with them and a little uh, little bag to put them in, um, uh, and a cable. I was oh, most wow. impressed. Oh, wow. That's, that's even more impressive that they came with a cable. Yeah. yeah. I'm still salty about the iPhone 12 and the lack of a charger. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Did you, oh, talking about that, there's there was one in the notes. Have you, not only is there this debacle about the, the MagSafe Duo charger being $129 for what is two magnetic induction chargers. Um, right. And it doesn't come with a charging brick. And you have to have a 30-watt charging brick, not the 20-watt, which they were so shouting about for the um, the other bit. But now Apple have said, if you have the older 29-watt charger from a couple of years ago, that's not compatible. Yeah. So yeah, the charging brick situation is becoming a total debacle. 
I have to say. Yeah. You know, they've got all these different rated ones that some do this charging band and some do that charging band and some will do fast charge and some won't. It's a mess. They should do one least, charger least, to rule them all. At least with the HomePod <laughs> Mini, you get a free charger with it. Yes, you do. They are. Although I, I am tempted to try and run that on a on a power supply. Well, we got more out of that conversation than I thought we were going to get for the for the HomePod. So the overall consensus is they're expensive, but they might be all right. Well, at the, at the moment, if you like them, get them. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. the trouble is at the moment we've not really seen any um, decent. Uh, comparative reviews. Although I did find one on CNN this morning, uh, not CNN, CNET, which I have linked in the show notes. And they said, mm. you know, they're 550 and that's eye-wateringly expensive, but we are impressed. Um, and I think they were comparing them to a Sony set and, um, and a Bose set. I think, um, okay. what got here? Um, I'm going to wait for the Forbes review, which says they're really good. And then the next day, <laughs> well, you shouldn't buy Apple's new headphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pre- precisely. <laughs> Definitely. Actually, I found out something about Forbes the other day, which um, makes quite a lot of sense when you understand it. And that is that Forbes is basically like a fire hose. So... They just take almost anything because they get paid. The the articles are basically paid by the clicks. So that is why they have all these kind of contradictory articles where one person will be praising the MacBook Air as the greatest thing ever. And then the next one will be why you shouldn't buy an M1, you know, MacBook Air because Forbes does not have like a, a true editorial team as such. They just publish stuff and they just fire hose it out and... Um, <laughs> Oh, hello. Oh, my well, dog, dog doesn't again. like that. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> not going to fly anymore. Yeah, like the postings at the door. Oh, dear. I, was, I was just looking on Mac Geek Gab. Um, Hang on, chaps. Hold on. Thank you. I bet you don't get this on your show, on the Mac Geek Gab. <laughs> well, it's my, it's only dog. because my dog lives uh, at our house and my office is across the driveway, so I am but, insulated in that sense. But but otherwise, but I definitely Davey, would. Yeah. You do you do get the uh, with a garbage truck or something else that go by John F. Braun's place, right, or something? Oh yeah, yeah. He's pretty. <laughs> oh close yes. to, He's pretty close to a busy road, and uh, right. It, yeah, yes, we've right. heard motorbikes going past and all sorts of things, haven't we? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> his road is sort of an artery from the highway to the beach. So especially mm. in the summer, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, which is when we t- typically record, there's lots of traffic and and lo- and oftentimes motorcycles. Yeah, heading down to the beach. So yeah, you get yep. Good. Sorry, yeah. The dog was asleep uh, down at the, the other end of the room, but he heard somebody go into the uh, into the living room, and then he's always like... Oh, he's got to do his job. His nickname is FOMO, because if there's anything going on that he can't <laughs> see, he gets in the right, you know. Yep, 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 yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, dear. There we are. Um, I was going to ask one quick question, speaking yeah. of new products. I'm assuming that Dave and Brian, you've, uh, you've both got the new MacBooks, the M1 series? Yeah, yes. I love my, I've got the Air. Yeah, it's fantastic. How, are you still finding it fantastic after, I mean, how long has it been released now? Three weeks, a month? Yeah, it came out when I got mine on the 17th. So, yeah, coming up on four weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, are you still I'm blown away. driving it? Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's weird that my Air is the fastest Mac in the house, and I've got a 2019, you know, eight-core iMac here, too. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really, and, and I was, 
I was using it last night, you know, before we went to bed, my wife and I were going through some stuff and I was like, oh, I'll grab my laptop. And, and we, you know, went through and like found some things that we were looking for or whatever. And we maybe it was we were maybe there an hour and uh, I had a blanket on. It's cold here, you know. And when I folded it up to put it away, I noticed that, you know, the back of it, which is where the CPU is, uh, was mildly warm to the touch. <laughs> and uh and i i pointed to my my, my wife i'm like lisa you got to touch this and she's like oh terrible it's a little bit warm you know yeah. and it had been sitting on my lap on a blanket doing all kinds of things for an hour and uh so and of course no fan so yeah no it it's amazing what apple has done it, it really is i can't remember the last time that there was i guess maybe when we jumped to power pc that was the last time i remember it being remarkably impressed by just how much of a leapfrog we did. Really, it's more akin to when we jumped from hard drives to SSDs. Yeah. That that's yeah. that I think is a better analog here than any other CPU upgrade we've seen in the past because it really isn't just a CPU upgrade, right? It's the whole system on a chip. So it is that sort of infrastructural upgrade like an SSD gave us where all of these bottlenecks are just completely alleviated or or at least raised way up so that it feels like they're completely alleviated. And and it it really is it, it just cooks along. I don't, it's crazy what, what Apple's been able to do here. It really ch changes everything. And I would, I would add also the battery life and the thing is just crazy good. I mean, the fact you could just put it to sleep and not have to think about it being sleeping and put, wake, wake it back up and it's like ready to go. And not like it's been drained down majority of the way, like a regular MacBook pro or MacBook or whatever would be like now. Right. So you don't have to worry about plugging in all the time. So definitely it's, in that way, it's also transformative, I'd say anyway, as well. That's, a, that's a very issues. good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, when I finished doing whatever I was doing last night, if it were my old Air, which wasn't that old, it was a 2018 mm -hmm. Air, uh, I would have certainly gone and plugged it in. It was like, well, I used right. it for an hour and a half or whatever. I want to be, you know, whatever I do tomorrow, I want to make sure I'm topped off. I didn't even yep. think about it. I just tossed it down on the couch and went to sleep. And yep. I, I, I don't know if it's at 90% or 60% right now. And I, I don't care. It, you know, like yes. it's going to do what I need it to do for the rest of today, certainly. I would say almost like a range anxiety situation, like an electric car kind of thing. When somebody gets a car, you know, when the cars were maybe didn't get as far, but now maybe they're getting better range. And so you might have an electric car being like, oh, I don't have to worry about it as much like I maybe used to kind of thing. And that's right. sort of less stress. I think it's good basically for people who find these. So, yeah. Yeah. That, and I think the other thing I would say definitely is less, be less, less beach balls anyways and that kind of stuff and kind of lockups that you see on the Intel chip systems that you just don't see with them that's running an Apple Silicon. So, yeah. Oh. And I don't even think, I don't have many apps that are still Intel, but, but there are some. Uh, yeah. And and that alone is a testament to how well Apple manages transition. That that most apps developers were truly able to just check that universal box and rebuild the next code, and they were good to go. That's not true for everything, for sure. Mm. But but most, even you know, when I saw all these shareware and freeware apps coming up with their universal binaries, it was like, okay, Apple made this easy. Like that, yeah. these people, this is not their income, or the, certainly not their primary source of income, and yet they're right on it on day one. That's good. But I do not notice. I don't know about you, Brian, when I'm running yeah. an Intel app, it's it, it runs way faster than it ever used to, regardless. Yeah, exactly. and I would agree that the Intel apps work great with the thing, and it's definitely not like the back in the day with the PowerPC to Intel transition. I'm sorry, the 60K PowerPC, 68 PowerPC Intel transitions. I remember where we were running um, on PowerPC, we were running Intel apps 
and uh, was really slow trying to run virtual PC where it was back in the day. Sure. It was just horrible, basically, experience. And so part of that was the storage, definitely. You had spinning drives back then. Part of it was definitely uh, just the fact you're doing sys versus risk stuff, basically. And definitely part of it, I'm just thinking, is just the technology that back in the day wasn't as good as far as what PowerPC was offering versus what Apple's doing now. So, yeah. I managed well, to. Uh, oh, sorry, Jim. Go on. Okay, I'm. I was just going to say that um, I've, I've been watching a lot of um, YouTube um, stuff about the uh, the M1 uh, because I've also bought one. Um, in fact, I've had it two days now and it's still in its box. I've not had time to get it out and I play with it. I keep that record. I've still got my iPhone 12 Pro uh, and it's been in its box for three weeks. I'm still well, that's very work. impressive. I'm, very I'm trying... Well, it was a dilemma. Like, do I get the Pro Max because it was only £99 more? But I think I've now been, air quote, saddled with it because I think my return window has gone. It is. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to, so, you got like, why are you here recording the show? You got to go open those boxes. This is because, <laughs> because it, it's, you know what? It is getting very close to being on the shelf of procrastination because I sort of thought, do I want the Pro because it's only £99 more? But then I sort of, and I was all set. I made the decision because everyone on the review said, all the reviews say either get the Pro Max or get the 12 Mini. Everything else in between is pointless, or that's what YouTube seemed to be saying. So I hummed in hard, and I've I've procrastinated so long. I've I think I've maybe been lumbered with an iPhone 12 Pro. Well, it, 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 it was the horror. <laughs> the yeah, disaster. yeah, these first first world problems. Yeah, the pain, the pain. So these, uh, the, yeah, sorry, these, uh... I did hijack it then. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Don't worry. Uh, so these, uh, uh, one or two of the uh, YouTube um, channels that I watched, there was one in particular I found myself shouting at the television quite a lot um, because it was one of these 10 things you need to be aware of when you buy the new, uh, or, or 10 problems, oh, that was it, 10 God, problems no. with the new M1 uh, um, Mac Minis. Uh, and one of the problems was some apps don't work with it. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, 95% do though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's stretching, isn't it? That is you yeah, yeah, and uh, and one of the other ones, one of the other ones was that uh, sometimes you have to work through this this uh, translation layer, um, but that's not a problem either because they they often run faster under the translation yes. layer. Totally, it was in Microsoft when the M1 ran Windows faster than the their actual native hardware. Could you imagine the the heads sinking onto the desks when that video came out? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious of what you think of Big Sur, um, that you're all using it. I like Big Sur. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I've, I'm, I've gotten very used to it. Um, and, and with a bit of hesitation, though. Like, I've gotten well, used to it, I, but it's, that's like I don't like have it. it on the machine in front of me, right? Because this is my studio machine, which I always intentionally delay uh, because I've got outboard hard, you know, audio gear and things like that. And so it, it it's always best to to let things, you know, let things shake out for a little bit. Most, for the record, most recording studios will uh, find a version of Mac OS that works for them and never upgrade. Like I was recording mm. at a place, well, before we weren't allowed to go to places, um, you know, very early in 2020. And he was, he was on Snow Leopard, you know, and mm. he's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is what works and it's fine. It's like, right, it's a tool. It's not, you know, it's a very purpose-built thing. 
But anyway, so here I usually wait about six months to upgrade the studio, but that's just a matter of course. Where I have it running in the office and, of course, on my M1 laptop, uh, it's been been fine. The Messages app, and I do a lot in Messages. The Messages app, I was very excited about the improvements in the Messages app, the fact that it's now, you know, feature synced with the iOS app. I'm assuming it's the Catalyst, Project Catalyst app. Uh, and, And that part is great. What really kills me is I cannot use the arrow keys to edit messages that I have, that I am in the process of typing. And I know that sounds like a really weird little nitpick. Oh, no, I, I would be completely, I, I get you on that one. I completely yeah. get you on that one. I mean, it's just, think about sending an email and not being able to edit. It, it, it's just, it's a constant source of frustration. So I'm hoping Apple addresses that. But, but I, I think it's actually a good sign if that's the first thing that comes to mind about what are my frustrations with Big Sur. I know other people have had rough goes at the upgrade and, and that um, that sucks, but it's also relatively common to have the, you know, the, the minority group that's having some trouble for whatever reason. A nuke and pave usually resolves that, uh, although that's not always the most pleasant thing to have to go through. It's not terrible either. But by and large, it's been it's been a pretty smooth transition, you know, but but it could be argued that Catalina wasn't all that stable either. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I've I've avoided Catalina like the plague. I'm still on uh, Mojave. Well, and I think the real issue with Catalina was the drop in the 32-bit apps. That's really what a lot of people really ran into with that. And now that map has been, you know, laid out, or that roadmap has been laid out there. People have done that now for on Catalina. So now it's less of a problem to upgrade to Big Sur. So I find it less of an issue other than people who are running virtual machines right now where you have to get some new software. So every time you have to do that. So, you know, that's what it is, but you know, so it's working good. Have you, have you had, you see more machines than, than certainly, well, certainly I do. I don't know. I don't know what the rest of the folks here do for, but, but you know, have you seen Big Sur upgrades go pretty smoothly with your customers? Yeah, definitely. They, they do basically. Yes, absolutely. What speaking of just to sort of cycle back to the M1 for a second, what do we think is going to be what's going to happen with the iMac? Because NVIDIA ATI are releasing all their new high end graphics cards, Apple have pretty much just decimated the sort of processor market in many, many ways. If Apple, do you think Apple for once will actually have an iMac or a Mac Pro that will have finally a decent graphics card inside it? But Or are they going to avoid that area because you've got the NVIDIA RTX stuff? Do you think it's been, I can see there's been a wise move not to do an iMac because if they'd have done an iMac with a fast processor but not the world's best graphics card in it, I think that would have taken the sheen off it. So what do you think they're going to do with the iMac graphics, you know, graphically wise in the future? I reckon they're going to... I, I think they're- they're going to do their own graphics chip, basically. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys here, basically, but I'm saying that this is the point. You look at the trajectory they're doing on their um, iPhones and iPads. I mean, Apple doesn't need NVIDIA, nor they need AMD yeah. um, or ATI, whatever, I'm sorry, basically. Um, either one, actually, now. Um, and they can definitely do their own graphics chips. As a matter of fact, what I've seen some rumors are talking about is definitely having 64, 128-bit processing or some crazy things like that. So... Um, there definitely is going to be some really great graphics performance over the next year or so off of what Apple's doing. And once you have it on the system on a chip, when it's all accessing the same memory, basically between that and, and the main computer memory and, and storage, and it's, yeah, it's it's a whole entire new world of computing, which is why for me, what I was really excited about this year was the M1 Mac systems and not 
the uh, iPhone, even though it's exciting to see new iPhones and new watches and all the other stuff. It's just definitely the computer is where I see we're going to be seeing some major leaps here um, already with the M1, but where it's going to go from there, basically. It's the same way they did with the CT4-bit chip, where it really caught the industry off guard, I think. So again, Johnny Suriji's team, team is doing a great job. And uh, really, I think he's carrying forward Apple where they need to go. So yeah. Yeah. I, we, I, all, we all, oh, sorry, go on, Dave. No, I was going to say, I, I, I agree with Brian. I don't, I, I think the this M1 chip or some variation thereof is what's going to drive certainly the next wave of IMAX. Now, you know, if we fast mm-hmm. forward five years, who knows? But but I, I think, yeah, I think, and I think it onboard Apple graphics, like this is what they've optimized for to to it to bring AMD graph. You know, it used to be up until you know a couple of weeks ago, graphics on on the onboard graphics were the least desirable in terms of a performance standpoint. Now Apple has proved they can be the most desirable from a performance mm-hmm. standpoint. So I I think if they were to integrate Nvidia or you know anybody else, it would have to be on the chip right you know and i don't see them doing that with certainly not with this first wave and possibly not ever that the ipad has been doing and iphone have been doing phenomenally well with apple's graphics and these new macs are the same way so i and i think you know again it's easy to to paint the lines going backwards but this is where apple's metal technology now has gotten us right because it homogenized that and here we are it doesn't matter as long as you wrote for our apis we've got you covered and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and and here we go so i yeah i think the imac if they released the iMac with this chip in it as the first Mac, we all would have been blown away. Now, if they take this M1 chip as it stands and put it in an iMac, we'll all say, oh, the iMac's too slow. Uh, really, it's faster than any other iMac you've had. So what's the complaint, sir? Uh, but, you know, that it, they will. And I think we've all seen the the reports and rumors and things like that where they're talking about having, you know, four high quality or high power cores and four mm-hmm. efficiency cores in what whatever they're calling it, the M1 Max or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the next rev of the chip. And that would make sense for an iMac and the actual MacBook Pro, not the low-end MacBook Pro. Although, again, calling anything with an M1 chip low-end starts to be a bit of a misnomer. You have to be careful there. Yeah, I mean, you've nailed it there. I mean, we can game on a MacBook Air. Okay, it's not, you know, not always 1080p with all the graphics and you do have to adjust it. But just to see games that we would barely run on most, you know, laptops before the M1. Right, right yep, they're not like AAA sort of, you know, turn on all the AA and the RTX and stuff like that. But it can do it. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And if this is, and I think being the skeptic that I am, I hope they can keep it going. I hope this just isn't sort of like, well, next year we've got a 5% increase. It, it depends on what it depends on what you meant by the question, really. And if the if the if the undercurrent of what you asked was, are Apple going to make a gaming Mac? I don't think they ever are because I don't think that's in their no, wheelhouse. I don't think they're interested in it. I think it's. W- will, will you be able to play games on it? Yes. Will they work well. pretty well? Yes. But yeah. that's not their core. That's not the reason that they're, they're driving all of this forward. They're driving it all forward because it just makes a better computer. Yeah. I'm still in the camp where uh, I think iOS and macOS are all, is going to merge eventually. Um, I know they keep well, denying but... it, but I still think it'll happen. Uh, well, I, I... But, the, but the one thing I would really love to see is an iPad Pro with an M1 chip in it. 
I think well, the, the the iOS macOS merging thing has already happened here with the M1. Mm -hmm. I think that's the part you're people get confused about. They're thinking like this, these are two different environments, but in, what what's sort of happening is in the back end, it's the chip stuff with Johnny Sarage's team, which is uh, making all these possibilities happen. Where again, on the M1 chip, you can definitely you can run some, not all, you can run some iOS apps right on there, basically. So again, you're merging those systems already in essence, and that to mm -hmm. me is where it gets very exciting because they can do the right one runs run anywhere concept between mobile and quote unquote desktop basically now that microsoft was trying to do with i guess metro apps with windows 8 8 slash 1 and windows 10 when windows phone basically before that died out basically right you know so right. they're actually bringing that that thing that even oracle was trying to do with uh, or um sun whatever it was with the java stuff anyways you know i mean so this is very exciting to me anyways so yeah yeah absolutely and and one other point i want to bring up too as far as system on chip stuff soc stuff is that yeah once they made the deal with qualcomm now i believe they also have the ability to actually design their own chips not just have to use their own qualcomm chips but actually make their own silicon again the rumor mill says that that's coming up and that to me definitely would make sense not just doing graphics but also adding in the i mean everything on the chip basically is what they want to do it seems to be right, right there so they can have flexibility of whatever device they want to create in the future they just use the toolkit to go oh i like to have this device have a great audio i bring this out or got this great wi-fi six or maybe wi-fi seven when it comes out you know or bring in the um the modem stuff in basically they can have you know cellular stuff in there wherever they want to put in it's it's gonna get really exciting or what what devices apple can come out in the future to me i see it that's so. a great way of looking at it i agree yeah yeah it, it still boggles the mind of what apple has done since they started doing their own chip fabbing and just leaving mm -hmm. Qualcomm in the dust. And let's not forget as well, Apple did acquire that rather healthy chunk of Intel um, modem division, didn't they? Or the, the yep. Uh, I don't know. The, you know what I mean? The uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It was the, it, the Intel. We're talking, yeah. So, I, I, sorry again. I suppose one final question. Because I, I guess we're sort of running, maybe running a bit long. What about the? What's going to happen to the iPad? Because right now you've got the M1 Mac, which is cheaper, comes with a keyboard, bigger screen, longer battery life. They're going to have to do something quite special, not to make the iPad look a, look a little bit old. Uh, in the different markets, Mark. Different markets. Yeah. 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 yeah you see, I uh, you know right at the beginning, just before the show began properly. We were talking about um, um, iPads, weren't we? And uh, I, the fact is, I use my iPad more than my Mac, far more. But I'm not working, you so see. I'm retired. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I mean, I, I love, I love my iMac. I love the fact that I can pick it up and that it's there, and it's, you know, uh, and it's great. And yes, I, I like all of you. I'm probably one of the oldest of all of you. <laughs> but I, so I came from a, you know, a computing. Um, uh, beginning as it were before tablets were a thing um but i i think the ipad is is wonderful and i don't i, don't, I agree it's going to be interesting to see where the ipad goes but i i think apple still sees them as quite m different market yeah yeah i yeah. think i think it is a diff completely different market i don't I, I i see what mark's saying and but i'm pretty sure that the 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 ipad pro will get a big uplift in the spring and, and something we said in a, another show which is you've got this weird thing with with the ipads that with the air they've they've kind of brought the air almost up to the standard of a pro and then the pros like six months behind and then that will jump forward again it's almost yeah. like they need to do release all of their ipads at the same time and not <laughs> yes yeah really? so that you can literally go basic ipad air pro and that's where or they mini. are 
Yeah, and all the mini. Or, or even the mini, basically, that they seem to, like, forget sometimes and then re-add it and forget again and re-add it. Yeah. You know, so it's... But yeah. you've got this weird thing where the pros come out sort of six months apart. So, yeah, the Air has got a super upgrade, which is making, at the moment, making the Pro look a little bit... Um, overpriced and possibly underpowered and then it will jump it will jump ahead again because it will get a new chip it'll get i don't know an a14 or an a15 or whatever they're going to put in it and and it will jump ahead again um or maybe even a you know an m1 but that seems slight overkill for an ipad to me but what tim cook said the ipad can do everything quote unquote tim cook (laughs) <laughs> Before they brought out the iPad Air 4, um, the natural replacement for my iPad Pro 9-inch was a, another iPad Pro, but uh, the Air's now the natural replacement for this one. Yes, it is, yeah. 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 With, yeah. With, Sorry, yeah. Uh, um, Dave, I stopped you there. No, I was going to say, like the M1 chip isn't that far off from what we have in the iPad, right? In the iPad Pro. Yeah. I mean, the, the Apple yeah. dev machines were effectively iPad Pros. Yes, they and, were. And they yeah. were, you know, they, they were not nearly as fast as the M1. But it wouldn't surprise me to see the M1, you know, step up into the iPad Pro. I mean, it's it's an A14, essentially. So mm-hmm. let's let's just do it. Yeah, I, I think we will get there. I, 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 in fact, I think that's taking us on a little tangent that we probably don't have time to take. Uh, that, I think, is the reason that we're seeing this 16 gig limit is because it's using the uh you know the the foundation that was built for the ipad pro and you know the ipad pro has never had that much ram or even close to it so i think Mm -hmm. apple said oh yeah yeah yeah, build it with 16 that's fine that's more than enough and i was like oh we're gonna take this and put it in a laptop Ah, remember that i think people have talked about the memory as far as the ram you need on these computers is definitely different because the way that the system handles stuff is that you aren't it's more efficient it's easier quicker to swap in and out of the memory so if you have an eight gig you know, uh, M1 computer, it could be comparable to a 16 gig or 32 or whatever, something like that sure. yeah. on an Intel. This is what I've read because they're talking about the way pro- the instruction sets working with a certain bits of data. Again, I'm not a programmer, so I can't speak it more intelligently about it than saying that, but I know that it's, it's definitely... Um, well, one which of is the... going to be something for, a little more difficult for us as far as trying to advise people and be like, well, what do you get? And it's like, well, we we're used know. to getting 16 gig on this. Should we get this? Or we? this is kind of like we don't want to wait until we hear. But, you know, so. Well, one of the. Apple have always, I mean, for a long time, haven't they? Apple have always produced machines that don't actually need huge amounts of memory unless you're doing something very intensive on them. Right. Um, and, you, you know, yeah. eight, eight gig has probably been quite enough for most people. I think that's yes. also true. A lot of a lot of people, because magazines and whatnot tell you so, believe that you have, you know, I must have 32 gig of RAM. I bet you really, if you were to check on their activity monitor, they probably don't get anywhere near using all, you know, their 32 gig you know, or whatever when, it is. When, like Apple, when... when Apple sent me the, at the time, new low-end MacBook Pro, which, you know, I, I've always called the air with a touch bar, which is which is what it is, right. and that's okay. Uh, they sent it with eight gigs of RAM. Now, I had an air with um with 16 because i you know i i can't not buy 16 i have a, a an emotional attachment to having more ram but i and i used that pro for a month and a half 
as my main, you know, as my main laptop. So in place of what I use my air for. And I think we named the episode eight is enough because that was the name of a TV show here in the U.S. a long time ago. Uh, right. And it really is enough, even for me. Eight was enough, and that was with an Intel chip. So that's not even factoring in what you were saying, Brian, about how right. these M1 chips manage RAM differently. And we just we need to think differently to coin a term, uh, grammatically correctly though, uh, about <laughs> how we mm. you know how we approach those decisions. Now, did I order my M1 Air uh, as a build to order so that it had sixteen gigs instead of eight? Of course I did. Yeah, did I get I have it here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have this unrealistic <laughs> emotional attachment to having more RAM. We've already established that. So, um, well, but I don't know that I needed it. And well, I, we've always been educated reason... to buy more, um, um, well, you know, max out for future proofing. But the, the, reviews, the reviews I've seen about the M1 chip is eight gigabytes is more than enough for the thing to work. And the only issue I have to say nowadays with the memory, both the storage and the RAM side of it is because it's no longer one of those things you can just pop in an SSD or pop in some RAM sticks, you know, yourself, like either serviceable. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of like, there's definitely a lot more of a concern about buying too little because it's going to be like, we've all been burned before where people have had these yeah. Uh, iPhones, unfortunately, with like too small storage and Apple sold and at a time that iCloud wasn't really a thing and they were trying to have their photos on there and or their apps and they couldn't basically deal with, you know, it just was just running out of space. And, you know, we, we've been burned too many times. We're just going to like, we'll buy more. And especially even if you run virtual machines, things kind of like that, you want to have additional memory, you run both systems at the same time. Yeah. I mean, additional 200 bucks or whatever it was, it's like no brainer. You know what I mean? No you're going to yeah, totally. buy it, you know, you however, yeah. However, definitely going forward, I'm definitely in seeing more people have the option to say, maybe, maybe on these things, as far as iPhones and Macs, we can live with the smaller stores because we have, you know, dynamically getting stuff off the cloud, you know, from the standpoint of iCloud, basically getting things down as we need them. And also as far as the way programs work, they can more easily deal with switch, switching out, you know, between the, the RAM and, and the storage. So, um, yeah. Perhaps we could do with, uh, perhaps we could do with, um, some apps a little bit like you can get for bandwidth where it'll send. I mean, I've got one on my phone that it tells me I use a lot less than two gig, even though I've got um, uh, two. Me uh, what am I talking about? Um, yes, I'm, I'm using a lot less than two gig, two gig a month uh, on my um, on my bandwidth. Cellular plan. Yeah. Uh, cellular even plan even though way, even yeah. though I've got a lot more than that, and um, yeah. and perhaps we need one for memory as well, just to prove to people that actually you don't need all of this. <laughs> Well, although according to the people of the internet and some Facebook groups, why don't Apple just use um, normal memory? And I was trying to oh. explain to him, it's like, oh, but you can buy RAM for £20 or $30. And I'm going, it's not the same. And they're going, oh, yeah, but it's the same thing. And it was a pointless argument because it's like, it's a brand new architecture. It's system on a chip. But mm. it was, that, as we just discussed, it was that brainwashing of must have more memory, even though... Yes consoles yeah. don't really have that much memory and they've been doing yeah. this for years of just using a whacking great big fast ssd mm -hmm. as an extension of the memory bus but no right this chat this chat wasn't having it because 200 pounds is too much now that is a lot for memory but it's one of the guys on the mac and forth show pointed out if you go and oh. get server grade ram or ram that does ecc checking all the power yes. and all that sort of stuff it's you're knocking on the door of 200 quid. Yeah, that's the mistake of sending him some gaming RAM. And he says, Oh, those fancy heat spreaders don't do nothing. Um, <laughs> they do a little bit, you know, there 
there's a bit of a market for it, but it was just, again, like you guys have just said, there's that, th- I mean, I'm looking, if I can sell my iPad, I would love to get the uh, the base spec MacBook Air, but there's still that little bit of being old, being set in my ways of, uh, I don't know, the 16 gig, but then you go on YouTube and they do the, you know, the gaming reviews, which I'm a bit into, and you see a little bit of improvement, but I'm not seeing 200 pounds worth of improvement, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Hmm. I, I, we, I we think got some content on this week, Simon. Anyway, yeah, we have, but I think you know it, that is exactly it. As Brian said, we go, we're going to, and people have been saying it pretty much since the M1 hit the hit the shelf. Is we're going to have to learn to think differently about RAM. What we've all been taught and mm. all learned, and you know, thirty years of experience is you know, and it's still true to some extent. I mean, more RAM is better. More storage is better, but. The kind of historical thing of whatever they sell you, you want to probably double it. You know, whatever they say is enough is you want double that. Um, is probably no longer necessarily true. Um, and because it's system on a chip, you've got the other thing that yeah, you know, page swapping out to disk, quote unquote, is much much faster than it ever was before. Which for sure, yeah, yeah, for a lot of reasons. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, if you're going to try and render some 8k video which you know consists of a huge chunk of data which has to be loaded into ram then you're not going to get very far if you don't have enough physical ram but for most other things most programs most of the time are not handling vast gigabytes of data at one time they're shuffling smaller chunks of data backwards and forwards that's what computers do isn't it they you know they go two plus two plus two plus two plus two plus two you know it's how they work and so they can if you've got fast memory swapping you can shift this data in and out of ram um at speeds which all right they might not actually be as fast as ram but to us mere mortals who cannot perceive things in nanoseconds is fast enough um, and certainly way, way faster than the old days of shuffling data out onto slow spinning drives. So, yeah, as we as we said last week, Apple have just squished everything really close together. Yes, it's <laughs> just really, really tiny. <laughs> we made it really, really tiny and made it really, really fast. Well, this is true, which is very, very much what they have done. And um, going back a little bit to talk, to, you know, mentioning the iMac, I fully expect the iMac to have the option of maybe 24 gig of RAM or maybe even 32. And, you know, I mean, we've got, what, eight graphics cores? Well, they've ramped it up, put 16 graphics cores, you know. Um, I, I, I think because, yes, it's all system on a chip, but it's all modular, isn't it? They're all kind of modular parts. And uh, yeah, I think I mean, we're going to see that, some that... fabulous, you know, we're going to see some fabulous... I mean, we're all, you know, we're all drooling over these M1s, but they're the, you know, they're the fastest, slowest chips we're ever going to see, if you know what I mean. (laughs) That's a brilliant brilliant phrase. Well, I I nicked that. I didn't didn't come up with that. I can't remember who said it, but um, that is exactly, you know, uh, there we are. And so I think... That will probably do us. Um, what I've got a couple of little things I'll just mention. A Fitness Plus workout service for Apple Watch is uh, rolling out on the 14th for those who want to do that. Um, Docker are rolling out initial support for a- Apple Silicon. Uh, and Apple and Cloudflare are working on um, a DNS service to improve uh, web privacy, which is... Uh, on uh where are we 925 mac and is worth a read link in the show notes 
And, and we uh, didn't even get to cover Fitness Plus. And uh, you know what? As a, as I might, for a little Brucey bonus for a Christmas show, I might do a live stream of me using Fitness Plus just <laughs> for the sheer... <laughs> Because normally we have the Christmas. You sell tickets we... to that. Yeah, that. That's 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 definitely a ticketed event. I've got a YouTube channel that I will be trying to hawk to everyone to get my viewer count up. There you go. Hell <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, there we go. Is the uh, one I'll just chuck in as well. Uh, and out. Did we predict this or not? Uh, after mocking Apple, Samsung has stopped including chargers with its phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> exactly as we predicted. First, they'll and mock Apple for doing it, and then they'll copy them. And next week, Samsung will also release a set of £500 headphones. Yeah, quite possibly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the last maybe. thing we need. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but they will. You know other people will. This That price point will fill up with other things. And I hope, you know, you do get some decent build quality from Apple, right? And I mean, again, I haven't touched them, but it's pre- it's presumable that these aren't just cheap plastic headphones. They don't look to be cheap plastic headphones. So, I, you know, but but also there have been plenty of not cheap plastic headphones for 350 So just because Beats were cheap plastic at 350 doesn't mean that other vendors are cheap plastic at 350 So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, there you go. Terms and conditions may imply your eyes may be kept at risk if your payments aren't kept up. Yes. That's right. Always got to put a disclaimer in. <laughs> yeah. Especially about keeping up with the payments. That's sort of the most important one. Yep. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll wrap it up then. So uh, this is the part, chaps, where everybody gets to shield themselves. So uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And, and the easiest places to find me are at MacGeekGab.com or at Dave Hamilton on Twitter. Fabulous. Brian? Hi. Yeah, I'm Brian Monroe, IT consultant. You can find me definitely on uh, Telegram, actually, at Brian Monroe. On Telegram works there basically to get a hold of me. So, yeah. Fabulous. I'll definitely be, I'll be doing that. I've got loads of... Uh... <laughs> Be prepared to get questions about upgrading an iMac 2011. <laughs> Mark? Really? Fine. I'm happy, I'm happy to help you with that because I definitely have a cult customer just the other day and had to install an SSD on one of those. It's fun. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. This, uh, I should get rid of it because it's it, so it might end up on the shelf for procrastination. Um, you can get hold of me uh, via the um, Essential Apple website. I also have the Essential Apple UK um, YouTube page, which I'll put in the little show notes as well. Uh, and also, I'm on the Twitter at OceanSpeed. Jolly good. Uh, Nick? Uh, yeah, you can find me occasionally on um, Twitter. Uh, and I'm Spligosh on there, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can hear me over on Bart Bouchot's uh, Let's Talk Apple occasionally too. Jolly good. Jim, last but not least? You can find me sitting on the couch waiting in anticipation of uh, Nick's uh, unboxing video. And you can find me uh, in the Slack group. Also uh, on Flickr uh, under the, the name of the SRPS Paint Shop uh, and Vimeo. Links in the show notes. And I think that's it. Jolly good. Uh, and of course, as you know, listeners, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. All our stuff is over at essentialapple.com. Um, I've got a piece, a uh, guest posting, which will be going up after I finish this recording for a company known as 1150 Academy, uh, who are uh, a training company who uh, teach uh, coding, cybersecurity, um, UX, UI design, and various other things. And uh, 
particularly they support veterans if you are in the US and are uh, in receipt of veteran benefits they can help you get started with uh, using your veteran benefits to pay for their boot camp training courses uh, they also offer some free training courses so uh, you know do pop over and have a look and uh, I think that will do us so thank you lads for coming thank you Brian thank you Dave and uh, until next week we'll all say goodbye goodbye Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. Uh, what is it I said in the chat room, what accessories for products. What's your guys' take on the Tim Cook Apple? You mean Tim Apple? Eek. That's the uh, one. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting question. It, they, um, you're right, it, but every product is an accessory to another product right with apple it it really it has become whereas steve jobs preached the vision of that you know apple ecosystem and and arguably perhaps correctly laid the 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 groundwork to get us there it was it was tim cook's apple that got us to the the true full fairly well functioning you know with some asterisks apple apple ecosystem i think so yeah uh, yeah that, that's I, a fair thing but i don't know what the accessory is right is the mac the accessory to the iphone is the iphone the accessory to the mac like <laughs> depends well, no, on what I, your primary device is well i well, think if you drill it back down to sorry um go on i was gonna say there's kind of like this idea of jobs to be done basically and i know i described to neil cyber and above avalon stuff and he kind of gets this idea that you have stuff that okay the Mac does, let's say the desktop Mac does things that maybe, or so you start with the desktop Mac and you work backwards from there, from the desktops to the laptops, laptops to iPhones, iPhones to watch and watches to whatever else basically we're talking about here, you know, AirPods and things like that. And so the idea is that you have this nice flow of, of 
data that goes from device to device, all tied with iCloud. It's kind of the idea, and I, iCloud services being could be music and other things like that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as what's an accessory nowadays, they they also have this concept of the truth in the cloud, basically. With Apple was maybe made that point a while back. I mean, Steve Jobs said that I think at one point when it was keynotes or something like that, basically saying that you know if you put stuff in the cloud, it's like now the master and everything else is kind of a they're not really doing that because obviously they're not a services company in the way that Google is, right? So I, right now, the sun currently still is the iPhone, I'd say, at this point, you know, the way it's looking. But that definitely is changing, I, which I would have to say anyway. So um, that's so things are accessories to the iPhone, basically, the way that kind of works. And even if you think about the, the processor right now that, that they developed for the iPhone, the 64-bit chip that from the, uh, the iPad slash iPhone, uh, 2010, I think, anyways, and they did that, the A4 chip, uh, and they made it grow into the M1 chip now, basically. Again, the, I, the Mac now has become an accessory in that, in that sense. The word accessory is maybe not the right word, maybe, but it's more about it. It's happening because of that, same way that the, um, the, the Apple TV is doing the same thing, in essence, where you actually have that uh, silicon design that actually is making all this possible. I, I look at it as more of the silicon design than anything at this point, actually. So I, I did find it interesting, and hopefully this isn't like being picky. Like when you first started what you were saying there, you went uh, iPhone to laptop to desktop, but you missed right. out the iPads. Was that was that just a, like an oversight? Or yeah, it, it was an oversight. I should have said that basically. Yeah, so you have the, there's things that you could do on your I desktop. I wasn't picking on you then, by the way. I wasn't like trying to catch you out. I just thought it's very interesting where the psyche went to sort of go phone laptop desktop it's because i got i i got ipads that i don't really use as much as i should because um i'm an older guy and i've just used to using computers you know and desktop with you know standard clamshell or regular keyboard mouse type setups and so the ipad is great and i love it for portability but it's it's for me a little too restrictive and too limited, but I would have to say definitely, and David, I'm sure, probably agree with me, basically on certain people, it's like the right device. I mean, really, oh, they're my, people that my, that, kids, that... my kids use their iPads. Uh, they're co both college students, and yeah. it, it is their, I don't want to say it's their primary device all the time, but in the classroom, being able to take notes, using an app like Notability, that sort of thing, it's awesome. And it is their primary device in the classroom. It, you know, the, the, the Apple Pencil, Steve was wrong, you know, the Apple Pencil really does make a difference, and, yeah. and it turns that device into, it, like you said, what's your use case? What are you doing in the moment? And in that moment, it is the thing. My, in fact, my daughter has even turned it into not only notes for her, but because she's able to take these in notability and, and they are automatically or very easily automatically made into PDFs, she's mm -hmm. been able to sell her notes in a couple of different Ooh. classes to other students. <laughs> it's a, it's nice. a legal thing. What it's, a she's, racket. Not, she's not doing anything wrong. It's through the university. What I wanted to say with the iPad, though, I think is, is that ultimately, yes, and definitely for people that are older that didn't grow up with computers and whatnot, I would actually say that they really is a good great device for them because it gets rid of that extra cognitive clutter they have to deal with like where's my files that kind of stuff files and folders and that kind of stuff it's all app based so it makes it a lot easier for them uh they don't have to worry about installing things basically for printer drivers that kind of stuff scanning basically again similar thing they can either use the, the camera on the ipad itself or just if they already have a multifunction printer they can always email stuff to themselves that way so yeah, yeah. i mean it's where do you so with the M1? Sorry, Simon, I've completely hijacked the show. <laughs> I was going to say, shall we, like we actually every week. shall we actually start a show? Uh, I was going to make. Let's the start the show. This, this yeah, this is a great conversation. Yeah, we should definitely yeah. yes.
I think the I do have to say the memory thing on the M1 Max is a very interesting thing because of the fact that you know we, we're so you like I say we're so used to basically getting enough memory to be able to run all these things we want to run, and nowadays it's like even like I was like talking about the with the iPhones. Well, if you can do iCloud storage, you know, basically offload stuff or even computers in general nowadays with the offloading stuff with even Dropbox and other systems like that, where they will automatic magically basically take stuff and basically put it in the cloud. That to me is great, you know, so you're not yeah. basically get as much storage because again, the Apple charges a premium on both RAM and storage. So, um, totally. and you can't up, open a computer up like, you know, I can do it in luckily with the uh, yeah, iMac. Well, back, I mean, back in the day. Sorry, Nick, go on. I was just going to say, uh, uh, back in the day, um, every upgrade to Windows meant that you had to upgrade your machine pretty much because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it needed more memory at the time. But that's going back quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, I've got a bit of uh, time behind me. You the colour of my hair. We're talking about that. You know, back, back in the day, I'm sure Dave will remember this. Do you remember when you used to go into the Get Info and set the maximum amount of RAM that a program could yeah. take? That's oh. right. I forgot about that. That's right. With OS, with the, not OS ten, but but OS nine no, or, no, OS or, eight or well, yeah, seven or something. seven, eight, nine. Yeah. You used to go in and 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 say, That's "Oh, great. right, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to allocate yeah. the maximum of six gig of RAM to my Photoshop so that it right." Know. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Well, I do remember. I remember the whole entire thing with scratch storage space, with like Photoshop and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you like have to tell it how much you want to uh, do, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, which is cool. So, yeah, allocate multiple scratch disks to Photoshop. Move the swap file to your spinning hard drive and keep the SSD free. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the other point too. I remember where the, one of the big things about Apple was really smart with the MacBook Air. I really loved was the fact that because it came with SSD, they didn't have to basically go out and use more expensive Intel chips. You know, right. so you actually could. They actually, I mean, it was so brilliant because it's like, okay, this SSD, the, the hard drive is the slow part, not the processor. Let's speed that up and let's see what that can give us as far as what happens. Fun. You know, and it was like just the same thing I can see them doing here with video memory and the and the whole other SOC thing, which is like I was kind of getting into with um, the other things they're doing as far as putting everything on the system on a package. Again, this becomes a whole entire new world where you're getting rid of those bottlenecks where it's like, why does video memory have to be different than memory memory, which has to be different than storage? It doesn't have to be. In memory is memory. You just get enough mm -hmm. and, and the system is able to figure out, let it figure it out. And actually, another point about figuring things out as far as Dave, I'm sure, with your audio file is kind of stuff here is that I know that there was a point that um that uh Gruber was talking about in his article uh, he said I like didn't like the fact that the uh the studio airpod studios um or not studios airpod max I'm sorry yeah exactly don't have the ability to set a profile basically the fact that it's just like set and forget it you have no ability to go in and mess with any settings on yeah. it so you get you apple's like way EQ, it's down. that's it yeah. yeah exactly yeah and he was saying that he was making a good point that's like look if you really want to use an external dac or something like that or some other system of billing to adjust the profile so you get a either sweeter or you know, sour i don't know the correct terminology in audio file terms but you know to be able to give it a certain sound yeah i mean it's a little frustrating because it's like you're paying 550 bucks plus you know, maybe sixty nine dollars for digital Yeah, but he's got the digital crown. He's got the digital crown. Yes, twiddle. Yes, that's what I kept saying to my family when when I was showing it to them. I'm like, guys, you don't understand. It has a digital crown. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, it, it, or and it, it's got it's got a case that looks like looks like a freaking handbag. Anyways, designed by a female. I just I'm sorry to say that, but you know, it's like I'm just like, why why does she have? I mean, I'm just like. 
you know, I look at my, you know, I got my bows here, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's like, sure. yeah, you know, this case is not maybe as elegant and everything else. Everything goes inside there. Things lay flat and everything else. But, you know, it protects the whole entire thing. You're traveling. Right. You're not worried about something yeah. bad happening to it. And I think that definitely, even though in the fact that the, 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 the headband on the, um, the, the headphones are, you know, it's kind of like a cloth kind of thing, kind of like they're using the same cloth they have on the home pods, basically, you know, apparently yeah. like that, that, that it's kind of a question of durability. There are also some people are also talking about, whoops, I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> home pod, I, I touch it. Anyways, uh, anyways, the, the other issue was the, uh, the fact that the case itself, they're saying that it also uh, has the ability to, get kind of scuffed up if you get the lighter colored ones anyways they're saying that was another complaint That's... people were making too so you yeah. know it's sort of a question of they're even saying it doesn't feel premium which is i'm i'm like that scares me because it's like apple needs they need to they need to be doing premium stuff you know if they're Always charging the kind of money they're charging basically they, right. and the only thing i would say that i don't understand they don't do premium which is stupid anyways is the cables anyways when they actually have done those fraying cable stuff with the, with the yeah. light with the um charging cable not these ones but you know with the uh uh magsafe ones and that kind of stuff which would like be really annoying it's those, those would fray out and be like you can't get new ones without buying a whole darn new thing you know so yeah there you go yeah so the thing about the case is um if you put the put the earphones inside it and close it it tells mm -hmm. the earphones to go to sleep you know shut mm -hmm. down uh but yes. if you don't have it in the case uh, it'll sit there using up power for quite a quite a while yep. before it finally decides to go to sleep. Uh, and and so we know Apple's kind of good. essential. Oh, and actually, good point. Actually, I was going to bring up about uh, Big Sur. I've noticed that it is smarter uh, about charging the the laptops. Anyways, it seems to be anyways. It'll actually yes. not charge them, overcharge them. Basically, you know, cause the expanding battery issue. It looks like yep. anyways, it fix may have fixed that anyway, which is good. So yeah, 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 so. it's good. listening to the essential apple podcast thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time